0: I wish I was coordinated as Michael. I don't know. I, I I couldn't even hold one of those things in my hands and make it sound make it sound like anything. Well, uh, today we are finishing a little two part series entitled "Building Better Relationships." Uh, and last week we talked about the basis of unity. Um, I encourage you to look for those things which bring us together instead of divide us, and gave you a little challenge to go out and help someone not like you uh, and help them carry their heavy load a little bit. How many of you did that this week? <clears throat> yeah, okay, pretty much what I expected. Uh, this morning I'll give you a challenge that you can go out and not do either this week. The art of hospitality. My experiences have not always been positive in the realm of hospitality. My young family had just moved to Houston, Texas to pastor a new church, and uh, You know how those things go. New church, running about 45 at the time. We were enthusiastic to grow. Uh, And so every family that expressed any interest at all in our church uh, was vitally important. One young family in particular seemed to have great promise. They attended every week. He was an airline pilot. They were newly married. And they wanted to get to know this young pastor and his family better so They invited us over to their home. Now, I need you to do a little visualization with me here, okay? You in the mood? Okay, don't do that either. In fact, just don't do anything I tell you to do, all (laughs) right? Everything I do, say, you just don't do it. So, uh, So here's their home. Brand new home. Brand new home. Impeccably decorated. Brand new furnishings. Everything brand new. The dining chairs were beautifully upholstered in white and did not appear to have ever been used. Got the picture? Got the picture in your mind? Okay. Now you need to understand that our girls at this particular time were preschool age. So, before going over, I lectured them about not making a mess. Girls, this couple do not have children, and they probably don't understand children. Their home is brand new. I expect you to be on your very best behavior. Okay, Dad. (laughs) And so the big night came, and we took our places around the table. And unlike our home, there were no crumbs on the carpet in sight the kitchen was gleaming no paw prints on everything the china was brand new and the entree was some sort of Tex-Mex taco salad without the dressing on it girls let mom help you with that bottle of dressing I not so subtly suggested okay dad And so the bottle of dressing makes its way around to me, which I began to shake confidently. And then it happened. (laughs) The bottle of dressing somehow slipped out of my hand during one of my most vigorous downswings. The result was I sent the bottle down into my plate of taco salad at approximately 60 miles an hour cracking the new china plate sitting in front of me. The taco salad exploded like a Molotov cocktail. All over my white shirt, all over their pristine carpet, all over their tastefully upholstered chair. Did I mention it was white? (laughs) Well, all I could do was apologize and laugh about it, which, by the way, my wife and kids were already doing... But my hosts did not laugh. It was obvious that this terrorist attack on their house (laughs) had ruined the evening for them. The hosts sat there, stone-faced, looking at each other, mortified. My shirt was such a mess that my host, out of pity, offered me one of his shirts to wear the rest of the evening. Did I tell you this was Houston, Texas? It happened to be a pearl snap cowboy shirt. Two sizes too small for me. Have you ever tried to wear a snap front shirt two sizes too small for you? So I sat there the rest of the evening trying to hold my stomach in, enduring not only the obvious displeasure of my host, desperately trying not to pop out of the shirt I was wearing. After a few weeks, this promising young couple wandered off, presumably to dine with more civilized company. My most positive experiences in hospitality were in small groups. I discovered that just changing the venue to a home or another location changed the attitude. And it really helped develop a bond with people that Sundays alone can't provide, isn't intended to provide. And so I attended or led groups in homes for over 25 years, with the same resulting nurture coming from, from every one of them. Maybe you're a veteran of Christian hospitality, or maybe you're a novice just testing the waters to see if it's safe. In either case, I think we can probably all benefit by taking another peek at this encounter Jesus has with two ladies who frequently offered Him hospitality. It goes like this. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he had to say. But Martha, she was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. And she came to Jesus and she said, Lord, don't you care? that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You're worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. What exactly did Mary choose that was better? Well, a few things. One thing, she chose people over property. The Mary and Martha bed and breakfast was Camp David for Jesus. It was a place where he could retreat. This is the same home where Lazarus lived. The man that Jesus would later raise from the dead and over whom he wept. Lazarus was Mary and Martha's brother. And so this is a favorite place for Jesus... He loved to hang out with these ladies and their brother. And undoubtedly, Jesus was a favorite guest for this family as well. And let's give Martha, let's cut her a little bit of slack. Her anxiety is a little bit understandable. How would you like to prep dinner for Jesus coming over? (laughs) She wanted things just right when Jesus arrived. And there's nothing wrong with that, as far as it goes. Saying that Mary places people over property is not excusing the need to maintain a clean home. Sorry about that. I don't care how loving and caring you are. It's not hospitable if you don't care enough to make some preparations. It's not either or, it's both and. But ultimately, ultimately here, relationships matter more than a clean floor. And that's what Jesus was saying to Martha when he refused to reprimand Mary for not helping out in the kitchen. There's a difference between entertaining and practicing the spiritual gift of hospitality. You don't have to have a home beautiful to be hospitable. You do have to decide to open yourself up and become a more beautiful person on the inside. The text tells us that Martha was distracted. The word means drawn about in different directions. Frazzled, fitful, frustrated. What about this? What about that? Is everything in place? Are we on schedule? Am I describing anyone in here? You know who you are. Suddenly, the focus can shift from people to property. As I was thinking about this week, this message this week, I thought, you know, growing up in my church, I was indirectly taught property over people as a small child in church. Property over people. Because if I was told once, I was told a thousand times, don't run in here, this is God's house. And, you know, I'm a little slow. It took me a graduate degree in theology to learn... No, this is actually not God's house. He doesn't live in buildings made by humans. He lives inside humans. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Maybe in my little church growing up, the God's in the box theology is why some treated the building better than they treated people. Now, that's not an excuse to be disrespectful to any structure. But it does mean... If a Mountain Dew amped eight-year-old spills his drink on the carpet, letting out his pent-up energy, God's feet don't get wet. And it's no big deal. And while I'm at it, that's part of the reason this building is designed the way it is. With an adjacent cafe and permission to bring your coffee and Danish ...and bagel into this service to create an environment of hospitality. And I see some of you, believe me, you bring in the coffee and Danish and bagels. If you brought anything more into here, we'd have to play shopping carts out there... ...for you to haul them in. (laughs) Try that in some other churches. Had I done that in the church of my youth brought a cup of coffee and a Danish or a bagel into a service, I would have been escorted out unceremoniously in handcuffs in what would have amounted to a religious perp walk. (laughs) We can become attached to the houses in which we live. Now, you know, they're a good thing. I love architecture. But no house on this earth is ultimately your home. Your home is in heaven. Your permanent, long-term residence. These are temporary shelters along the way. So keep the main thing the main thing. People first. Here's a second choice that Mary made. And that was personal interest over prideful image. The key is not so much in opening up your home, although that's very important. The key to, to the gift of hospitality is opening up your heart to someone else. It's being truly concerned about other people's lives. What really makes an encounter hospitable is the authentic interest you show in someone else's life. You can have a dinner party fit for Gwyneth Paltrow. Mario Batali can stop by unexpectedly and pitch in his favorite asso Buco with toasted pine nuts grummelata scene can be your sommelier for the evening. You can do that and more and not enter into what we're calling the spiritual practice of hospitality. 1 Peter 4, 9 says, Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. There's another qualifier. It's like rejoice in the Lord. Always. Why, 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 why the qualifiers? I have to be hospitable to you and not grumble about it? I call it the before and after grumble of hospitality. Whenever we're trying to be hospitable, my wife and I, my lovely wife and I, uh, I'm grumbling and bickering with her before because she thinks the candles should be lit and my running shoes should be out of the guest bath. And I think it's more important to dust the hardwood floors. Looks like Oklahoma during the dust bowl in here, honey. What was that, a tumbleweed that just blew past? And then the after grumble. Why'd they stay so late? Look at this mess we've got to clean up. Hurry up with the dishes, honey. I can't hear Jimmy Fallon while you're clanking the dishes in the background. Pick up the pace. Mary. She just wanted to learn from Jesus, and any time that's your goal, that requires focus and attention. It involves being present while you're present. Have you ever been present without being present? This was one of those instances for Martha. I'm sure she was glad that Jesus was there. But she had competing priorities that were crowding him out. Only one thing is needed, Jesus says. You can't really enter into another's life and be worrying about the creme brulee being served at the right temperature. And while food is important, when you're practicing the spiritual gift of hospitality, a set of good questions to ask your guests is just as important as a set of good dishes. And it's equally important when you're you're practicing the spiritual gift of hospitality not to dominate the conversation. Have you ever been in the presence of somebody who can carry a conversation? I mean really carry it and never set it down for anyone else to pick it up. (laughs) People who love to dominate every social setting in which they find themselves... Healthy hospitality makes sure that whether or not everyone eats everything on their plate, everyone is included in the conversation and feels valued around the table. Most people I would call great conversationalists are those who don't do most of the talking. They just know how to ask good questions to draw people out. And when I feel like I've been heard, I feel understood and I feel accepted. And I feel loved. The spiritual gift of hospitality creates the environment where we feel safe. That's the key, not the physical surroundings or the most extravagant meal. And the best way the discouraged can find new focus is by getting their eyes off themselves. As hard as your life is, as lonely as it seems, there is almost always someone who could benefit from you giving them the gift of hospitality. You know that Jesus was rejected in His hometown by His family, by His very family and by those watching him grow up. You know that the religious leaders in Jerusalem, they continually held him at arm's length. But at the home of these two sisters, he found an open door. They had taken personal interest in this man, described as being lonely and forsaken, on so many occasions, ultimately a man of sorrows. The final wise choice that Mary made was... Peace over perpetual busyness. Jesus just wants the same thing from us that he wanted from Martha. He wants to be able to spend time with you so that you can learn of him, so that you can get to know him. All the striving after spiritual achievement must die. All the false notions that Eternal life is obtained by the quantity, not the quality of our life. Got to be reprogrammed. When Jesus expects us to follow Him all the way, He means not in a frenzy of religious activity undertaken in our own strength, but the total abandonment of ourselves to Him. To allow Him to work His agenda in our life. If we just slow down enough, listen to what he has to say to us. When we give ourselves away, we'll discover. We'll discover the restorative power that Mary knew at the knee of Jesus. We'll discover that there is more of us than we realize. You mean if I give myself away in the spiritual gift of hospitality, I'll find a new source of strength in return? Yep. That's what I mean. I'll be renewed when I let Jesus love other people through me. With a listening ear and a hand that reaches out. When I take the time from my frazzled, fitful, frustrated life to show that I want to know you, when I discover your passions and fears and doubts, when I create an environment where you feel safe to share those doubts and those fears, when I extend mercy to your broken heart, when I acknowledge your pain, when I talk about my life convinced that you'll hear me also, when I share my story of faith, when I listen to what you've discovered along your faith journey, It all starts with a desire to create space in our cluttered lives. And boy, do we have cluttered lives. So take a spiritual risk this week, like you didn't last week. <laughs> Invite someone into your home for coffee or dessert or a simple meal. And go outside your comfort zone. Invite someone you don't know all that well. Prepare your questions in advance and set as your goal to practice the spiritual gift of hospitality, not merely entertain. Someone needs it. You need it. You know, too often we spend tremendous amounts of time and energy on things that don't really accomplish what matter in life and we wonder why we end up drained all the time it's because like martha we're scurrying around cleaning up the environment but not clearing up relationships so maybe it's time to hear again what jesus had to say how many things matter Only one thing is needed. And then what he had to say a little later on. Here I am. I'm standing at the door knocking. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, listening in openness, essential qualities of hospitality, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will go in and... eat with him and he with me maybe it's time to share a meal with Jesus to just settle down a bit create a quiet space he'd like to have a meal with you but he'd like to have you present when you do And better yet, invite someone else to join you in that sacred space. But whatever else you do, don't worry if someone throws their salad dressing in the taco salad.